0: I Absolutely. I I just hate it. I hate complaining. This advice is for the complainers. I'm not upset with you if you play video games all day or you watch Netflix all night or you get your $8 blue bottle coffee. I'm mad at you if you're doing that and you're baffled by why you're not making more money and living your dream. If you're happy and content, you've won. But if you're complaining, it means you haven't won yet, and you should stop complaining and do something about it instead. Morning. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you doing? Life is good, brother. Life is good. I was just thinking as I was driving on I-75 in Atlanta, Yeah. what a great... What a, we're living in the greatest era of all time where I can call someone in another country while I'm driving my car, record, record the conversation, and then with a touch of a button, put it out for the world to listen to. That's
1: beautiful. I'm, I'm actually just picking up a coffee in the drive-thru right now.
0: Are you really? What do you, what's your favorite coffee?
1: You know, I've uh, switched to decaf recently. I'm kind of leaning more towards health and wellness. Uh, It's been quite a while now, actually. So I got rid of the sugar. I got rid of the cream and the milk, and I got rid of the caffeine. So uh, over time, you know, a lot of people say, ooh, that sounds terrible. But actually, over time, you do get used to it. And then when you take a sip of... uh, Coffee with sugar or coffee with cream uh, you know after you're used to that. Oh, yeah. It really tastes terrible.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. 100% agree with that because I was always a cream and sugar kind of guy. And then a few years back, I want to say probably, its gosh, it's been probably a decade, but I uh, cut out the sugar. And then for the longest time, it was just a splash of cream with black coffee. And nowadays, it's just black coffee. And I agree. When I have, like... I used to love getting, like, a caramel macchiato from Starbucks. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. you know, now now that I get it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's so rich and sweet, and it just doesn't taste like coffee. And so I love coffee, and I would I would not mind standing in line for, you know, a Sumatra black roasted, you know, bean espresso roasted type of coffee. Right. Um, but I also... Like I, I really like a dollar sixty for coffee, and then if you get a double tall caramel macchiato, it's like you know six dollars. And then there's coffees. I, I watch people at the SSC standing in line all the time getting coffees for eight dollars. And I don't mind. Oh, really? It's it's, it's not. not uh, they don't have the free coffee machine there. They do have free coffee machines there, which is what kills me. Is they got espresso and coffee machines on every single floor and I go get my free coffee and it's crazy to me right. how how much time people spend you know in line getting getting the $8 coffee and 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 don't get me wrong I'm not against people getting $8 coffees Andrew what I what I what I really hate is when they're standing up there complaining to the barista that their coffee sucks or the milk is wrong or they made it wrong and they're just dwelling and complaining over stupid dumb shit, you know what I mean? So Right. Um listen, and then of course
1: I, throughout the entire lifetime. Sorry to cut you off yeah. there. The, how much did you spend on those coffees in your life?
0: I I'm all right. Listen, I'm so okay with people spending eight dollars on, you know, blue bottle bl- blue bottle coffee or whatever Pete's coffee or Starbucks coffee, I'm okay with that. What I hate is that you're standing in line complaining about how badly your life sucks and how you can't afford things yet you're buying eight dollar coffee. Right. That's the thing that you know that I can't stand. It's like it's like if you're standing in line and you want an eight dollar coffee and you're not complaining, that's amazing. That's great. That's that's your escapism. You got your coffee for the day. Great. Some some people don't complain about anything, they're just happy Happy go lucky, and they're positive. But Lord have mercy, you know what I mean. So, hey, brother, thank you so much for um, making the time today to uh, jump on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, be, no you know, I'm honor to be here. Hey, I want to put some framework and context around this conversation so that everybody knows, you know, who you are, and you bring you bring so much value to me. Um, in a weird kind of way, because it's through social media, we do text and we've had conversations on the phone before. How did we even connect? Like, do you even remember? Like, how did, how did we even like start talking? Like what was the one thing that you noticed on social? Was it me reaching out to you? Like, how did that even begin a few months back? I'm pretty sure it was, uh one of my
1: posts it was either a post that i put on linkedin or it was a comment that i put on on linkedin and you dialed in and, and said something and then i noticed shot b b12 and then i noticed hey master trainer and i mentioned something back to you and when, and when, I, when I saw that shot b b12 i just quickly looked looked that up and then i said hey and then I think I shouted back to you, b uh, B-12, and I think that's where it started. And then quickly yeah, and then... we had a call about a week afterwards, and I thought it was a great call. And you're my brother, my Kenyan brother from another mother, and I, and I, <laughs> I shared with you that. Uh, and I was just guessing if you were from Kenya. I didn't I didn't know. It's just right. that your your last name kind of resembles uh, some of the the folks that I met while I was there. So we just we just a wild guess, and I was right. And uh, like I mentioned, I, I had spent I've uh, been there a couple of times, spent a great deal of time there. It's just a lovely country and lovely people.
0: So that's how. God, I'm I miss it so much. Now that you're talking about it, you know. So, but you don't speak any Swahili, right? Just some some jumbo, jumbo. Abaregani, and <laughs> oh, Hakuna Matata. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's funny, man. I was uh, telling somebody yesterday, they said, you know, hey, I've noticed that you, you've you been putting out an obnoxious amount of content lately, but, uh, you know, how do you do it? And I, and I think my favorite thing to talk about is not the how, but the why I do it, and it's the relationships like this that matter the most, that bring value to others. And if I can just get people to stop pandering about likes and views, and just get into the comments, like I'll go on a rant sometimes and say, you keep scrolling through my feed, you keep watching, you keep consuming, but you don't say anything, you know, like what's wrong with you? Like just hit the comment button and give your two cents. And if five people gave their two cents, you know, we'd have a dime. And if a hundred people gave a dime, you know, we'd have dollars. And if, if hundreds of thousands of people gave dollars, you know, we'd have millions of dollars in value that go out to For other sure. people. It's crazy to me how, you know, and, and and I don't pander. I used to. I used to pander to, oh, my God, you know, nobody nobody saw my post. Nobody liked it. Nobody viewed. But then I started getting DMs. And then I started getting emails. And then I started getting text messages. And they're like, hey, you're going to post anything today? And I was like, why? I was like, well, I didn't see anything. Is everything okay? And I'm like, you've been watching my stuff? And he's like, yep. I've no been comment. No, like, like. no comment. Yeah. So it's like, right. so I'm like, wow, I had no idea that 90%, 99% of people will consume my content, maybe not even like or maybe not even comment on it, but they're watching it. And that makes me feel good that it may or may not bring value to someone that day. So tell me a, a little bit about, before I get into uh, a couple of questions that I have for you. Um, oh, first of all, by the way, congratulations, brother! You just oh, totally you. blew me away yesterday with that post. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what? Chief Marketing Officer? Holy crap, dude! I am so honored. Yeah. like, I'm I'm like a nobody, and I'm I get to interview a Chief Marketing Officer. But you know, the funny thing is, I knew you before you were a CMO, and it was just me and you talking, right? So. I just love that we had that relationship first and when we're not doing this just because you became a CMO. We're doing this because we have things in common. And I we like that, that, that like that shirt, man. That that <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that is you know, those are the <laughs> things I think about. Like I was I was at a yard sale last weekend and I bought a picture and it's made of foil and gold and it's got maps of the world and stuff on it and i swear to right. god weirdly i bought it because i just love maps and when i saw that shirt right. i'm like holy shit I, I love maps i gotta get that shirt and my brought That's this easy. i brought this map home and my wife goes you are not putting that on the wall you have enough global maps and maps of things and we're certainly not putting up gold foil everywhere and when i showed her that shirt she's like you are not wearing that
1: it was so funny (laughs) why not but um
0: (laughs) but um tell me who is andrew spurvey like what were you like you know growing up have you always lived in canada and um you know what was andrew spurvey like as a kid where did you grow up and tell me a little bit about that first uh, well, I grew up in northern Canada. It's called Sudbury in
1: the province of Ontario. Provinces are, you know, just like a state, I guess you could uh, compare it to. Um, Energizer bunny. I never crawled, I only ran. And, um, you know, sports definitely was into sports. Uh, still am. I'm not, I'm not an athlete. I won't call myself an athlete anymore. But yeah, know, more, more on the sports side. Uh, you know, I, I'm a musician. A lot of people don't know that about me. I've probably written, probably and recorded maybe 50 songs. Wow! It's not yeah, it's, it's not something that I have pursued as a career. Uh, unfortunately, you know, there really is uh, uh, no money to be made there unless you're lucky, and uh, you know, what, coming, what instrument do you play? My instrument of choice is the bass guitar, but I mean, I play the guitar, I play uh, drums, I sing. I unfortunately don't spend a lot of time with it anymore, but every now and then I'll pick it up or something will cause me to maybe get on stage with somebody else uh, from time to time. Nice. And and yeah, luckily it seems like I, I never put it down, so I seem to kind of keep the, the skill set there. But yep. uh, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I, I was a technical guy in school, kind of the drafting, the blueprints, uh, mechanical technology. Nice. And yeah, it just, you know, one you know, something happened just basically one day where it was an ad in a newspaper and it said $25 an hour, uh, you know, walking and talking. And it just caught my interest. And this is going back uh, a ways, and you know, I, I, I went to this job interview, and you know, and then I found out that it was door to door selling. And right. my my first reaction was, uh, "Hey, man, I, I got baited here. Uh, you didn't say that this <laughs> is what it was, and so I'm not interested. I'm not interested
0: uh, in doing what that." What year? What year? What year was that? What year was, was that? That's in? approximately ninety three, I believe, or nineteen ninety four. That is so funny. In nineteen ninety three, yeah. I answered a newspaper ad that said "warehouse workers wanted, earn four hundred bucks a day." I was on Harlem Road in Buffalo. I walked in, and the ad said, "Show up in a suit." And I was like, "Why? Why the hell would warehouse workers wanted?" Want to be dressed up in a suit. And I felt the same way because it was a security company that was baiting people like me and you to go in and do door to door sales. That is so funny. That is amazing. Okay, continue. So you went in, you said that. So, then what yeah, happened? I, you, I wasn't
1: interested. In, and the gentleman, his name is Dennis, uh, he, he said, Look, I, I really see something in you. I, I basically was the only one in the room lifting my hand and answering questions had a little bit of knowledge, I suppose, of the things that they were discussing. But, uh, so, you know, I shook a hand, sorry, and I, I kind of felt misled, right? But I got to say, I got to thank God that that same night he called me and said, Andrew, I, I want you to come in tomorrow or the next day that you're available, and I want you to Give it a shot for a day, and I promise you, I've got a hundred dollar bill for you at the end of the day, regardless of you know how well you do. And the steak dinner, and we're having an office party, and so on and so forth, and we're just having the celebration that same night. And um, uh, I want you to come. So you know, I, I said, okay, sure. Yeah. And wow, w- was that a life changing thing? You know, I, I made uh, I made some money on this. this Got to go to the staff party, and then I got to uh, actually. Uh, uh, he, there was a pie. There was a contest between offices, and his office had supposedly lost, but they won. But he didn't tell anybody that that they won. He told everyone that he, he lost, and the losing office, the, the the office manager, had to take a cream pie in the face. And this gentleman wow. Dennis he, he's like six foot nine at the time. So, Three hundred and fifty pounds, and he said, "Who's gonna, who's gonna hit me in the face with this pie?" And nobody wanted to do it. <laughs> so I raised, I raised my hand and said, "I'll do it." Right? <laughs> so, so anyhow, uh, it's kind of funny. I, I nailed him with the pie, uh, and, I, and I just, I guess, I didn't realize I'm really threw it. I could, I could feel his nose, and uh, it was like a, a tin uh, I aluminum mean, okay, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Pie plate, you know what I mean. The, yeah. Anyways, I I, I, I really nailed him. Like I feel his nose in the middle of the palm of hand. That was scared yeah. for a moment. I really, started, you know. <laughs> but um, you know that, that spawned an incredible uh, uh, learning journey for me it failed. And uh, you know that's uh, kind of where I started in a sense was door to door sales. And I and I prided myself on doing it properly because I know uh, over the years now, especially there's sort of a stigma attached to door-to-door sales, salespeople, and may, maybe just sales in general.
0: And oh, I know, I, I know, I know what, exactly what you're saying. I mean, I've been, and that's one of the reasons why I stay in my lane. Like literally, I'm not going to pretend to be a digital marketer or to you know to have you know, leadership skills and strategy skills and things like that. I my niche has always been, you know, selling a product and for me for twenty five years it was, you know, security and smart homes and things like that. But selling door to door and, and when I say door to door, I mean, you know, obviously we got leads and, you know, we're able to self gen and you know, all of that stuff. But Door-to-door, a lot of people don't understand what that means. They're like, oh yeah, I'm in sales. Door-to-door means that you went from door-to-door, regardless of how you got there, and you sold a product with a dog and pony show and got the customer to either say yes, and if you did not get a yes, you went to the next door, to the next door, and you fed your family on straight commission so that you're not eating tuna in the dark, right? And so a lot of people say, yeah, I'm I'm in sales. And I'm like, you don't understand. I am responsible for thousands of salespeople who at the end of the day, if they don't sell anything, they don't get they don't get to eat. And that is devastating for a family of five um, who every Friday would love to take their kids out for pizza or to take them to Chuck E. Cheese or to take them to Dave and Buster's. And, and have, right. and, you know, to the movies and all of this stuff and then have to say to their kids, oh, we're, we're not going to be able to do that. That's And that's that's adversity that somebody like you and I can only understand because it's you just so don't true. have the money to do, do stuff. It's like you're sitting at the table eating tuna in the dark, literally, and your kids are, you know, they're so young and so naive, they don't understand, but it breaks your heart inside that you want to give them the best and it just makes you work harder, right? When you get up in the morning, you're like, I'm not gonna be fucking lazy today, I gotta go get me some, because if I don't, I gotta tell my kid that we can't go to the movies this weekend. And that's the kind of little, those little you know, nuances, the little things like that is what really drove me every single day because, and when we see others having a good time or they got their parents' money, and you know, I'm an immigrant from East Africa you know, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth and I just wanted that stuff. And the only way to get there was to work your face off and to hustle every single day and to make that money. Right. And so a lot of people don't understand when they when they say door to door, there's a stigma. Like you said, they don't understand how how much of a hard work and and there's door to door people that, that 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 stigma comes from. you know, scamming people and taking other people's money and stuff. It depends on what kind of a person you are, right? Are you good? Are you pure? Are you willing to walk away from business? Are you willing to walk away from a job when your manager said, ah, just don't worry about it. We'll we'll do this. We'll do that. That just doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right. We're cut from the same cloth. For sure. You know, it is when your manager calls you and says, uh, "Don't drive 80 miles to the customer's house; just fill out a new contract and put their signature on it." We we do it all the time. It's going to be fine. That's fucking forgery in the first degree, bro. I don't want to go to prison yeah, I'll, because I'll call the cops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, for sure. And I, you know, and I, and it's kind of how I got when, you know, in in 95, 96, It's kind of how I got to where I was. Back then, I was promoted from sales sales rep to sales manager to branch manager because I caught people doing shady stuff. And when I told my wife about it at the end of the day, because I was only 20, 21 years old, I said, is this how business gets done in America? And she said, no, that's not how business gets done. Those are called values. You don't steal from people over $300. And so when I told you on that person, the brand too. you exactly. I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing at the age of twenty twenty one. I felt like I was snitching more than anything. But it yeah, turned out to be a. It turned out to be a good thing because the owner said this guy was stealing from us hundreds of thousands of dollars per year. And that's when you watch your paycheck go five hundred a week to seven fifty to twelve fifty, and I and I firmly believe today. And I always listened to Zig Ziglar back then. You'll get everything in life you want as long as you help enough other people get what they want. That cassette tape was playing in my 85 Toyota Tercel even back in 94. That's the that's the first positivity thing that I had ever heard, you know, in my life because there's so much of that negativity out there, right? So there fast is. forward a little bit. Um, where are sure. you now? Like what, you know, how, how did you get into, tell me about the brand and the company and... And then talk a little bit about, um, you know, you becoming chief marketing officer. Is that something that you've always sought after in leadership? Or is that something that, you know, how did that happen?
1: Well, so people have been telling me, uh, influential people in my lives for my life for many years now, that you are a marketing guy, or You are a marketing guy. And for the longest time, I was like, well, no, I'm a sales guy. I'm a sales guy. And I was kind of plant my feet firm on on that stance but slowly but surely I I started to realize that well you know what I I am a marketing guy you know I I, yeah you are I've I've been a I've been a broadcaster um I took kind of video production in in school for you know six months uh full time and I'm creative I I, I've done ad creative I've done uh you know one of the first things that was really cool is I produced a uh Captain Crunch uh, TV commercial, and that goes back. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, that goes back into the uh, the mid '90s. So you know, yeah. I've done radio, I've done TV, and um, so and I've co- constantly produced Collateral, and I've kind of honed those skills, right? So right. Uh, kind of throughout my whole career, really, I've always applied that creativity um, and what you know, video production and that sort of stuff to whatever it was that I was into. So if I was in this role, I would create collateral to, or pertaining to that role or, or you know, uh, to, to whatever the campaign was. And so I've constantly, constantly created collateral. And there's an interesting statistic. I don't know. I can't quote exactly right now, but it was the American Marketing Association that surveyed salespeople and something like 92% of salespeople, and there was a lot of them in this survey, but it wasn't the a small sampling, 92% of salespeople declared that they do do not use the marketing collateral that was provided to them by their marketing department for whatever company that they work for. That's funny. I I dropped
0: an episode yesterday. I said the same exact thing. And I, I don't know. I just kind of made up a statistic. I didn't know it was that high. The, you know we're talking about going door to door and how marketing created door hangers. You know die cut that fits around the right. doorknob and all that stuff. And we tracked right. it. And one day uh, we didn't have any. And we went out into the field and we printed out a thousand flyers, black and white. And because they were not die cut and they didn't know how to fit, we didn't know how to fit it around the doorknob. The salespeople crump they rolled it up, twisted it. <laughs> They, they rolled it the up, the twisted it, and they, they tied it around the handle. So imagine Andrew Sperby walking up so to the, the door and going, what the fuck is that? And then you and take it, it off the door handle. Else, right? It worked better than any other piece of yeah. marketing uh, thing that we had. We got so many phone calls. And people are like, dude, I don't know what that was, but you made me take it off the door handle. You made me unravel it. And you made me read it because the goddamn paper was so wrinkled up. I was trying to make the words, and then I finally realized it was an advertising for a security system, and that's why right. I called you. And, some, and one guy even said, brilliant marketing. And we never ordered a single piece of marketing after that. We always printed out black right. and white flyers, we twisted them up, and the phone calls kept pouring in. That is so funny you just said that. That's awesome. There's a saying, it's necessity is the mother of all creation, the it, right
1: there. Mr. Z, I like it. That's, that's an awesome story, and I just wanted to jump I in love and it. just say one thing. I I, I was listening to a, a podcast uh, a couple of days ago, and here's how I know that we're cut from the same cloth. Because when a customer says no, it means they need to know
0: more. More. Some will, some yep. won't. Some so won't. So what? So what? Next. Next. Yep. We're so some cut will, from some, the same yep. cloth absolutely so they're I not saying I, tell, I don't know
1: where i, got. I i've
0: then learned it you, i used to say it to myself it, i learned it from you know back. i learned it from the brand you know tom hopkins made a series of videos back in the 90s and early 2000 for the adt dealer program a lot of people don't know this i still have the video cassette tapes that tom hopkins made for the adt program and it was called the University of Hard Knocks. And in there, he said, the customer is not saying no, they're not saying no, because the question I ask salespeople is what's the number one word that every salesperson, the two letter word that every person hates to hear? And the answer is always no. And I said, you know why you get a bunch of no's? Because you didn't put the K in front of the no, which is (laughs) knowledge. And you didn't put the W after the no, which is wisdom. You didn't give them the knowledge and the wisdom. You know, people always say, oh, uh, you know, people buy from people that they like and trust. And I always fall bullshit on there because the sentence is unfinished. People buy from people that they like and trust only if you're able to solve the problem that they have by coming up with a solution filled with knowledge and wisdom. They now know why they should buy from you. They now know why they should go ahead and purchase from you, not you convincing them with some bullshit Colombo clothes or some crappy thing that worked back in the 80s and 90s when people didn't have smartphones to go ahead and call your bullshit out now. If you're not transparent in 2019 in sales and you don't speak the truth, you're becoming vulnerable, bro. For sure. And uh, so let to, me, add a, to build
1: on that, just quickly, there, I don't know if you've heard this one before, but in selling, when you're selling, is you're selling what it is, what it
0: does, and what that means to the customer. Yep. This is what it is, this is what it does, and this is what it means to you. The feature, the yeah. function, and the benefit. It's funny I talk about that too. Yeah. And, and people yeah. always go, what do you mean by feature? And I say, when you say feature, function, benefit, feature is, this is what it is. The, the the function, how it works, is this is what it does, and Mr. Jones, what that means to you, and then you talk about the benefit. And so when you break it down like that, it makes so much more sense. I love it. I could talk about it all day. Uh, sure. my, let me ask you another question, and then I gotta, I apologize. I got the uh, quarterly meeting today, and I'm I'm actually delivering yeah, a time keynote plot. present.
1: Time flies. I'm doing a
0: Uh, keynote presentation in exactly 43 minutes. So I'm pulling into the parking deck and then I got to go prepare. What is the, what is, uh, what is your biggest challenge that you have in business or your career or your life right now? My biggest challenge is
1: uh, attempting to chop up my day and spread right out my time to where it's uh, best suited and where the most value is. So, for example, I love visiting stores and I love enriching people one-on-one or in small groups. It's just, it's it's my passion. And, it, you know, it, I'd love to just be able to do that with every moment of every day, okay? The problem with that is, is that is micro of an approach because there's so many stores and there's so many clients and there's so many frontline people out there so I need to kind of retool now on kind of how to take more of the macro approach whether it's preparing materials the way you deserve to kind of get more of the the master uh, audience uh, uh, approach. That way, there I can spend more time on other things that, that are very important, such as the business development side, of course, and and also to be, you know, because in marketing there's a lot of things involved, whether it's web or social, uh, the print, the collateral, the the video, to you know, to kind of build my uh, calendar, let's say, and plan it out. Uh, so that's that's really the challenge. I got to kind of. Take a step back of you know of, of what because you know I, I love what I do with individuals, but now it's time to change gears and take a look more so at the whole country because there's only 365 days in a year, pal, and that's yep. a whole lot of days. So oh, yeah, when you're talking when you're talking, you know, big big volume, you know, national retailers and that kind of thing. You know, you got to kind of change that mentality and, and just so. So for me, the toughest part, I guess, and the most challenging part of my life is the journey or the bridge in between the micro approach that I'm used to and moving more to the macro. So that's, that's the challenge right now, but I'm definitely up for it, right? I mean, it's, uh, I, I like change. I, I'm, I'm one, to Like, I, I enjoy growth. So this is one of those moments where I got to kind of change gears uh, towards that. <clears throat> Hang
0: on one second, but yeah Yeah, I 100% agree with that and um you know I talk about it's um it's not about it's not about creating the content it's about documenting and we we've had this conversation before right document don't create it's a to me, it has become a monster of a concept, right? It's um, it's very popularized, but but not as popular as you think it would be. But right. it's re- it's it's really left me very inspired and eager to kind of give it a shot myself. And I started this journey of self awareness, you know, because I, I sat in front of a very very higher up person in the company applying for a job that I thought I wanted because of the title and I was shot down with so many hurtful, you know, words and I literally had to sit down and, and figure out, I'm like, why did I not get that job? And then I finally started to dig through it and I said, I'm just trying to get that job to impress my friends and my family members. I'm just trying to get that job to seem like I got a better title than I got right now. And I'm forgetting what I'm so good at and what I'm so passionate about, and that is to help salespeople door-to-door and their leadership succeed in this business and not stray away from that. And right. so the idea of not having to come up, come up with you know creative blockbuster content and those pieces on a daily basis and still be top of mind and, and build a following – it might, you know, it sounds too good to be true, but yet we're surrounded by examples of it. Right. Like we're we're documenting this conversation right now that's going to go on Anchor and Anchor is going to produce it to eight different types of podcast platforms. And my only regret is that I don't have two phones to so where I can video it and throw that on YouTube as well. Right. Right. But Next time. Next time. Do you remember the the like you're in marketing, do you remember the golden days where you still had to convince those around you of the importance and ROI of content marketing? Like today, you know, if you're not putting out good content regularly all across the web and social, you just don't exist. That's what it's you're become. falling behind quickly. Yeah. And when yeah, I tell people of, a you're a lot of people are yeah. Go ahead. When I say people yeah, cool. when I say you're you're making yourself vulnerable, what I'm saying is that you're just not growing. And and people understand that, but to rephrase Biggie, Biggie Smalls was my favorite hip hop artist back in the nineties. Quite honestly, at the age of forty five, I still listen to Biggie Smalls, so please don't judge. And if you do, nice, I don't give a nice. fuck. Mo nice, content, right? <laughs> mo you know, like he said, Mo Money, no mo-, mo problems. Mo-, mo I say mo content, mo problems, right? Everyone's creating content, so how do you out-content them? And, you, and, and people think, oh, my competitor's content is ranking pretty good. I have no chance. I'm like, go and look at the person that has 10 million followers and look at how much they're engaging their community. It is zero. I have, right. 1500, I have 1,500 on Twitter. I have 1,500 on, on LinkedIn. But I, I engage every single last one of them every single day, right? And so people always pander to, should I create better quality, more creative content? Should I post a lot more than them? You know, wait, should I do both of these? You know, how am I going to build that into a, a scalable process as I continue to grow so I can teach others, right? And and it's like, slow down, bro. Like you said, in the macro, slow down in the macro. I'm like a, I'm like a tortoise in a hare's costume, but in the micro, I'm rapidly faster. I'd rather you throw out 87 pieces of stupid content and then one of them go viral, and then Captain Crunch comes to you and says, oh, hey, we like that piece. Let, let's do that again, right? And A hundred percent. For every one quality piece, right, like this one here, this one is roughly 36 minutes. It's about to be 40 minutes. I look at it this way. For every one quality macro piece of content, the pillar content, I'm going to be able to go back and create multiple micro-content pieces, like you said, micro, right? And as unpopular as it may sound, quantity trumps quality. And I'm just trying to advocate that I would rather create this one long-form masterpiece content be a video that manifests itself in multiple forms of micro-content, like a podcast video show, that is also like a spotify track or an instagram story or a, a quora article or tiktok video right so you you just have to document you know there's no need to worry about worrying how how the the piece is going to look or create and stuff or how i'd rather you, you start like you got, yeah i don't like give that, a shit yeah. about that i don't likes and yeah. views are going away they're going away they're gonna be gone. Mentioned that a few weeks ago,
1: and it was very thought provoking for me because uh, you, you kind of stopped me dead in my tracks and you made me think. When you said the likes need to go away and they are going away, because my first instinctive thought was, wait a second. When I get a like, that means other people in my network or even beyond, know, my extended network, will see some. Content and then kind of circle back to me and connect. So my initial thought was, I don't necessarily agree with that that, that statement that you made. But yep. again, it was thought provoking, and, and that's the nice thing about LinkedIn. I find is, you're, if we can agree to disagree. So absolutely, it made me, you make me think, and then sometimes you know you'll say one little snippet, and it, you know you're not necessarily hearing the whole picture either. And, and yep. one thing, what you said about taking the long form and then putting out the, the, the small forms is, you know, there's people like you mentioned, they're 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 thinking that they're competing against somebody with, with with the content that creates. But at the at the end of the day, we're all unique in our own ways, and somebody out there somewhere is going to listen to that small snippet that you put out, and it's going to resonate them extremely well with wherever they are, whatever point in their life or their career they're at. And next thing you know, you've got a new follower, they're contacting you, you yep. are having some conversations, and then here we are on this podcast and right in the
0: it. Thank you so much. One by one by one by yeah. one. Hand-to-hand combat every single day. It's taken me 40 minutes on this call But that's 40 minutes I'll remember for the rest of my life. But when Rob Cessna gets into his car this afternoon and he listens to this podcast on the way to his appointment and he's having a shitty day, it might bring him a little bit of positivity and it might shift his mind a little bit. And when he gets that yes, he gets addicted to it. And, you know, that past performance dictates future behavior uh, mentality starts to kick in as well. I'll share one last thing with you, Zerrer. It's it's my
1: injection of positivity for the day. Here it is. It's a saying that I live by. All right? You ready? Ready. Attitude strong all day long. Attitude Love it, brother.
0: All day long. One of the things that I want to bring value to others as well is... Um, What question do you have for the audience? I'm trying to plug that in at the end of every one of my shows. And you'll be surprised how many responses you get. So I know I'm putting you on the spot. So I want you to kind of think about it for a quick second while I'm talking. I want you to tell everybody, you know, where you are, uh, you know, your name and then how they can find you on social. And then what question do you have for the audience that you want them to think about? Sure. So,
1: my name's Andrew Spurvy. <laughs> Thanks for that. And the way you spell that is, my last name is S like Sam, C e like Peter, U, R like Robert, V like Victor, E, Y. And you can find me primarily on LinkedIn. You just could search me that way. I connect with pretty much everyone that asks me to connect unless I get a sense that they're a fake user or something like that. Um, The question that I have is is more of a dialogue, I guess, leaning into a question. But, see, I get a great sense of gratitude when I am told that I helped someone in in one way or another, whether it's by something that I said or maybe somebody reaches out and asks for some kind of advice or needs kind of some, you know, just outside third party perspective on things. Yep. And yep. So you know, it, it, it's it, I love I love salespeople. I love the, the people that really craft their skills towards that, and especially where they love what they do. Because when somebody loves what they do, it just resonates, and you know, they give off an energy. And then you know, I'm, I'm sort of stepped into that. So if I if I have a, a question that I would want to ask somebody, is to ask me is you know what is it that you know you think that you could use some help with in whatever it is that you're doing. Maybe maybe it's a, a, a relationship thing or has to your your boss or, or maybe, you know, you're trying to close some large account that you've been, you know, you're well into the, uh, you know, the life cycle of that. You're getting close and, you know, you're just looking for that extra, um, maybe it's, it, it, it's a tip or, 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 maybe it's it's something to say, you know, like a closing technique. I'm I'm always open to helping strangers in that way. If someone wants to reach out to me um, at any time, you know, that that that's pretty much the question I would ask your audiences. If you know, if you need if you needed just a, a just to bounce something off someone, bounce it off me, then I'd love to be able to engage in that conversation.
0: Sounds great, brother. Thank you so much for making the time to this morning to go ahead and jam with us. I really appreciate it. This will be out awesome. um, for the weekend. So this will be a great um, you know, weekend uh, listening uh, podcast for those of you that are in straight commission out there. We love you. We respect you so much. We know that door-to-door is not easy, especially if you're a sales rep or you're in leadership. You keep asking those questions, folks. We'll keep answering. Andrew, thanks for being on the show today, brother. I love you, man. Thank you. Love, love you, brother. Hey, guys, thanks so much for listening to the audio experience. It would mean the world to me, and I mean the world to me, if you could go leave a rating on iTunes. Your word of mouth is my oxygen.